If you've got your Bibles, Tommy, I didn't start you out with 1 John, but that's where I want you to go. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. This is what it says. I mean, if he gets it up in time, it's fine. If not, Tommy, don't worry about it, because I'm just going to read it and take you to the other. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. What I want to focus on there is you test every spirit. Don't test the person. Test every spirit. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 through 27. And all I'm going to do is teach. I promise I'm going to try not to get loud. So if you want to take a nap, you go right ahead. I won't wake you up. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 through 27. Oops, sorry, Billy, I forgot to put it back in my pocket. Jesus answered and said to him, this is, this is when Jesus is talking to the disciples. Jesus, Jesus has already heard what's been going on around, and he's trying to figure out, what, what is it that you say? You're, you're my disciples. You're the one that follow me. You're the closest to me. You understand me better than the general population. Not what do they say that I am or who I am, but what is it that you say that I am? And this is when Simon, my buddy Peter, decided that he was going to step out against the grain because there was 11 that didn't say anything. See, we, we, we forget about those 11 that didn't want to say anything. And Peter stepped out right in the midst of all the other 11. And this is what Peter told him. He said that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now we catch up. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on the rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whether you bind, and whether, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you bind, whoop, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer. If you write in your Bible, I want you to underline Simon Barjona. I want you to underline Peter. I want you to underline suffer, circle suffer. Many things from the elders and chiefs, priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside. Remember boastful Peter, the one that was quick to say everything that he said in front of the eleven. Now he pulls Jesus to the side and he began to rebuke him. Saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Underline Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Don't take up your buddy's cross. Don't take up the cross that Jesus took up. Take up your cross 
Every one of you have one. Take up your cross. So many of us get confused there and we think that taking up our cross is our pain and our suffering and our sorrow when in fact it's talking about losing self-centeredness, putting aside what we choose. For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Tommy, can you take me one more verse? Go to 28. I don't think I can get there as quick, but I think I want to, I might, I might beat you. I'm there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. I really wanted to talk about take up the cross. I really wanted to talk about your cross and I had cross on my mind. And maybe this is why I had crossed on my mind, so that I could be led to the right scriptures. This morning I've entitled this, You Better Recognize. See, some of you get it, some of you won't, y'all don't. You know, when people get into some confrontation every once in a while, they're trying to make sure that you really know who they are and, and what you're doing to them and what you're saying. And they look at you and go, you better recognize. They're basically trying to tell you, don't come at me like that. You better know who you're coming, right? You better, you better recognize. Here we find in a dialogue between Jesus and Peter. Jesus first calls this man Simon Barjona. He is speaking to the unstable one. Simon means unstable. Boy, this, this, these three, I mean, I, I could probably take these three and run with them a couple different ways. I mean, it's just like Christian people. See, when we're unstable and then we're recognized and then Jesus calls us a different name like child of God or Christian, we become arrogant and then we, be, come on, oh, stop. And then we start looking at people and tell them where they're wrong. 
Come on, you've been doing wrong all your life, and you got saved yesterday, and now you go tell everybody where they're wrong. Are you kidding me right now? I, I, bet, I need to stop that one. I better not get on that train. But that's just what we do as Christian people. It's not my fault. Blame it on yourself. Here we have Jesus. He's looking at the same, he's looking at the same person, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood ain't revealed. You didn't get this on your own, but my Father in heaven has revealed to this to you. And then he called him Peter. Talking about the rock, the Petros, not the Petros, but the Petros. The Petros is the big rock. The Petros is, is God. The Petros, the Petros is God. The Petros is Peter. Peter is just a chunk off the old block. Chip off the old block. Peter, it's on this rock that I'll build my church. He's not talking about building the church on Peter. He's talking about building the church on the revelation that Peter got. The church would be, would be built on the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Somewhere we lost that. We're building the church on Peter. We go a few more scriptures and we find that Jesus now, after Peter decides that he wants to be boastful like us Christians after we got saved, the same day he wants to pull us to the side and tell us everything we're doing wrong. And he said, Jesus, uh-uh, far be it from you. He said, you're the son of God. You, you can't go and die and face persecute. You're the son of God. I should have probably started this thing off by asking this question. Do you categorize people or do you recognize people? Can I help you? You categorize. That's just Susie. Don't listen to a whole lot she says. Oh, that's just John. I'm trying not to use people's names in here because I don't want to get in trouble. That's just John. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a little flighty. Oh, now that's Susie. You can take. Everything she says to the bank. Come on. Do I need to go offline so that I can talk to you for real? Do I need to, do I need to call you out and say who? Come on. We, we, we categorize people based off of what they do or what they say. Here we have Jesus looking at Simon Barjona addressing Peter and calling out Satan all in the same person. Jesus is trying to teach us that we aren't to categorize, but we are to recognize. See, when I categorize people, see, oh, boy, this is going to be good. Y'all know I've been going against this thing of separation in the church. 
and how much I hate it. We separate in churches because we categorize people. If you would just give yourself a moment and ask this question, what if Jesus would have taken Peter at his word and categorized Peter when Peter said, you can't go and do that. And Peter, or Jesus takes Peter at his word and Peter does not get the promotion and then Peter doesn't go and preach the sermon at Pentecost. Come on, you follow me? He doesn't get to preach the sermon. Then those 3,000 souls don't get saved and then that church doesn't blow at the seams and then the church doesn't continue to move forward because Jesus took Peter and categorized and said, no, you'll never get this, you're over there. Well, he had 11 other ones, but the 11 other ones wasn't called to do what Peter was called to do. See, this is where, this is going to get hard for you. This is going to be revelatory for you. This is going to help you if you'll listen. Because we will allow people to categorize us. And we will use the category that they've put us in to deter us from the mandate on our life that will affect the outcome for the purpose of the kingdom. Pastor, you're losing me. If I'm able to look at you and perceive you, Simon Barjona, and we talk, we have conversation, you speak again, I go, Peter. And we go, and you speak again, I go, Satan. Well, <laughs> what am I doing there? I am not categorizing. What am I doing? I'm recognizing. Jesus was able to recognize the spirit that operated in Peter at the time they operated. And instead of rebuking Peter for who he was called to be, he rebuked the spirit or shelved the spirit, if you will, and didn't hold that against Peter. He didn't come against him and kick him out because he wasn't able to do right at that moment. He just corrected him and moved forward. In the Christian community, we are not able... We are not capable of doing this because we have been taught false doctrine and we think just because somebody doesn't have the same belief or somebody doesn't feel the same way we feel, then we're going to exercise you and excommunicate you. A lot of what we've had in our lives dealing with relationships, oh, uh-oh. This is where some of the people that's watching live on Facebook and YouTube, they're going to turn it off because I'm going to make them mad right here. Because they will go back and use this lame excuse, well, God was just separating them out of my life. I got news for you. God's doctrine is unity. It's never separation.
And the moment that you lean back into a weak gospel and you point your finger and you say, well, God's just removing them out of my life so that I can move on. I got a problem with that. Now, does that mean that everybody that enters your life is meant to walk everything out with you all the way? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But you have gone to the point, to the extreme, that now because you don't agree with someone, you... And then you call it God. In the last days, you'll call good evil and evil... <laughs> we Listen to me. If we can learn this principle, see, there's a difference. This is why Jesus, Jesus was so mature in the word. He understood this. He didn't automatically throw up a guard against Peter. But yet he allowed Peter to say, to do, correct, and move on. We don't like that correct part. Because we can't be wrong. We either all right or we nothing. Jesus looks at Peter and calls him Simon because he recognized that he's unstable in his ways. And then he says, you're Peter. Because he knew that that was a different spirit. Oh, that was the spirit that he was called to be. That was the spirit that was speaking. So he recognized that. And in that, he rewarded, he And then all of a sudden, Peter, get behind me, Satan. What just happened? He recognized now there was an offense set before him. Y'all know what offense is, right? It's like a bent stick with some food on the end of it, and it causes you to move away. It causes you to stumble. That's what an offense is. See, here's the problem. That's why I keep saying you can't offend me. You take offense yourself because you chase the stick. You don't have to go after everything set before you. Let it go. See, there's relate, and I'm talking to myself this morning too. God showed me a lot. There's relationships in my life that I wish I could go back and rekindle. Because I truly believe that that relationship would help me. But because they done something, see, I'll just preach to myself because y'all don't want to be corrected. They done something to me that I didn't like, so I kicked him out and I said it was God. I said, God must not want them beside me, so he removed them for me. And all the while, it might have been just me. Or you. See, you have to look at yourself and say, I have faults. You can't be perfect. Now, you can, you can go towards that, but you can't be perfect. So you have faults. Accept it. Quit blaming everybody. But here Jesus is recognizing this spirit and he speaks directly to it. In this dialogue. 
he addresses each spirit individually. He didn't keep Simon all the way through. He didn't keep Peter all the way through. He didn't keep Satan all the way through. He changed it based on same guy, same conversation, and he calls him out three different times. We can't get called out once, buddy. We gone. You call me out one time, out. Leave done. You'll get over it or not. Imagine if God was to categorize us based on what we say or do at any given time. Just think about this just for a moment. Imagine if God was to categorize you in the sin that you just committed yesterday and he called you a sinner. Now you're a sinner with no hope, excommunicated from God. But instead, he recognizes you, speaks to you, and we move on. Can you imagine where we would all be if God categorized based on what we said or what we done? I got news for you. None of us would be able to say we're a child of the king. Because he would have already categorized, said, you're a sinner, get out, bye. God, I got up and I hit my pinky toe on the corner of the bed and I'm so, bye. Y'all don't understand that unless you've got up and you let a couple <laughs> bleeding words slip through your lips. Well, I don't say that, Pastor. I just go, oh, Jesus, it's the same thing. <laughs> I can get up and stump my toe and say, Holy Spirit, but you're doing it in vain. I'm trying to help y'all this morning. I'm trying to help you. Peter, James, and John, for the love of Peter, James, and John. I say that a lot. just keeps me from cussing <laughs> y'all get over it man. eventually eventually see we've got to be careful not to categorize people but to recognize the spirit in the person because this is what can take place you have to recognize you have to look at Peter remember I mean Peter was just called the rock Jesus just elevated him. Jesus just called him the rock. And then he decides, okay, I'm the rock. You just caused me to grow. You elevated me. You called me into the body of Christ. Now I can come and rebuke you. Because Jesus, you can't go and do that. They can't do this to you. They can't persecute you. They can't beat you. They can't lay hands on you. You're the son of God. They cannot kill you. You're the son of God. See what will happen? If we aren't careful, we will go and categorize somebody, and the next thing you know, we've stopped them from fulfilling a purpose. 
because we looked at them because they got up one time and they fumbled while they were preaching or, or they stumbled while they were teaching or they laid hands on improperly. They didn't, they didn't put oil on their hand first. They, they, you know, we, we said, then we categorized, well, they can't do that no more. Why can't we just go, hey, Simon, hey, Peter, hey, Satan? <laughs> Why can't we just recognize it, teach it, and move on? What if we was to go to someone that didn't really understand the purpose of the oil, but they felt led to go and pray for somebody, and they wanted to do it without the oil because they wasn't even really thinking about it, and your religious spirit that you carry around in your pocketbook, in your back pocket, in your wallet, in your bank account, and everywhere else, and, and then your religious spirit said they didn't even use anointing oil. And you not know the gift of healing that God put in that one. And that one said, I don't really need the oil. It's not in the oil anyway. It's in that oil. And I carry that oil. And I just drop this thing and I might throw it across the church. <laughs> We're so quick to categorize people. And if we do that, we might take the chance of being the stumbling block. Oh, there's that scripture again. You're better off tying the block around your neck and jumping off into the water and than to hurt one of my young ones. I mean, I'm, that's the RDN translation, but it means the same thing. He's talking about getting and being an offense to those younger ones that don't fully understand, but you have a gift in you that you don't even understand, but you knew at that moment that God just picked you up and took you over and told you to put your hands on that person's head and watch them get out the wheelchair. And then you had somebody, even, even after seeing it, because Peter saw it. God, give it to him here in his spirit. Peter saw that he was the son of the living God. And then he said, well, you can't go do that. They can't do that, do you? Because he was missing the whole purpose. He categorized Jesus. See, he, uh, he thought so much of Jesus at that moment. And I'm not demeaning that because we, we need to. I'm saying that we can't set God up and say, well, you can't go through that. And Jesus is, on the other hand, going, dude, you don't understand. I have to go through this so that you don't have to go through this. You better be careful. You categorize too quickly that person's out of your life, not knowing that five years down the road you needed that same person because God had given them something to give to you. To, to be used as a catalyst, maybe in your ministry, in your life, in your finances. You don't know. But because you excommunicated them, because you had a difference. And now you caught sitting on your own, wondering why isn't this happening or why isn't that happening? See, there's some people that will point their finger right at me, and I'm okay with that because I've already took accountability for it. I've already told God, God, you know what? I did wrong here, and I did wrong there. See, it's, it's one thing to say, God, I'm sorry, and I was wrong. It's another thing for God to give you a clear picture of it sitting at your desk. And, I mean, you see it. 
And you go, well, they deserved it. But we'll do it. You do it every day. If you don't like them, they out. Just because they don't jump on your bandwagon, you don't talk to them no more. And you tell everybody else around you that you meet up with, don't listen to him because, come on. It's time to mature as the body of Christ. We need to begin to start looking at the spirits in people and stop calling people out and start calling the spirit out. Because we put the spirit on the person, the next thing you know, you won't even call the person. Because it's the person now. It's not the spirit they carry. It's not the spirit that spoke at that time. It's the person now. And we fight with it daily. And all because Peter seen Jesus as the son of Christ. He immediately categorized him and put him so high that he shouldn't or he didn't or he wasn't going to go through what Jesus just told them was going to happen. How do I know so well that Jesus only categorized Peter and didn't categorize him, but he recognized him? He recognized him. He didn't categorize him because it said like six days later, First he said, he looked at all of us and said, some of you won't experience death until you see the glory. Right? Six days later, who did he take to the mountain? This is why I say Peter, James, and John. He took the three. The sons of thunder. He took them to the top of the mountain. Even after he had just looked at Peter and called him Satan, he still knew that inside of Peter there was a purpose for the kingdom to be manifested. And if he was to categorize him and not take him forth, that he might too go in and experience the glory of the kingdom be manifested, that Peter may not have been the one that wanted to go and preach. But instead, he didn't, he didn't say, Peter, you can't go now because you were Satan, because you spoke out of turn, because you said the wrong thing. You done the wrong thing at the wrong time. I can't take you now. He didn't say that. He said, Satan, get behind me. And six days later, he said, Peter, I mean, how would you like to be that confused? Huh? What if I called you three names all the time, just bang, 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 and just back and forth and back and I mean, eventually you're going to go... Does that dude even know my name? (laughs) Yeah, I know it. I just recognize something different. But see, as Christian people, if I look at you and say, Satan, oh, this first thing you do. Yes, you will. The first thing you want to do is try to justify your sin. And none of you know. The only way you're righteous is Jesus. It ain't you. Quit trying. You can't have repentance 
with self-justification. That cannot happen. Because you can't save you. This hurt. Satan will use the closest to you to distract you from the mandate of God for your life in order to come against kingdom purpose. Man, that hurt this morning. The ones that you so dearly entrust in. The ones that you're so willing to give up your life for. And because they said something based on what you said or what you've done and they have categorized you. They allow an opportunity for the kingdom purpose in your life to be defeated. And if we walk and we live our Christendom, our Christian life, our faith walk in that of a child and never mature, we're going to miss what we're called to because of what others said or done. You have to know you have a purpose. And you have to know that no matter what. Because people are going to categorize you. You're going to hear stuff like, you still go there? Oh, I can't believe you're part of that. You're doing what? You get thrown in a category because you're not in their category. You're in the wrong category. We better be careful. I fear to say this. But we have I'm not going to say we redirected the kingdom purpose, but we have definitely threw up stumbling blocks. Because we don't understand how to talk to people and address the spirit. We're still addressing the person. And it's not the person You're not evil. It's the spirit in you that's evil. You're not hateful. It's the spirit of hate in you. Don't you know that if you was to cross someone, and I try to bring everything down here so that you can, I want you to apply it to your life. But what if, what if you met a person? You'd like them at the first handshake or the nod or the hello. You're, 
they seemed okay. I mean, y'all, y'all got that kind of that feeling, right? Debbie calls it. This is what Debbie calls it. She she does her finger like this. I'm what it, what is what what? That's that's her Holy Spirit. I don't ask. But she says you just you just know when you know her. I'm like okay. So if I come up to you and talk to you and I go like this, it's because I'm trying to you know figure something out. <laughs> that that'd be weird, wouldn't it? Somebody? But you meet somebody, and on the first meet, you're okay with them. They're cool. You go to Walmart, just leaving church. And you go to Walmart, and you see them standing beside the car. And they're smoking their cigarette. (laughs) I love picking on stuff like this. And they smoking a cigarette. Now all of a sudden you don't want nothing to do with them. They lied. They said they was Christian. They said they've been saved and washed in it and know of a smoking cigarette. I ain't talking to that person ever again. And little did you know. See, I like to just build this whole thing up for you. Little did you know that that very person that was at Walmart is a millionaire and you didn't even know it. And he didn't send his family in there to buy all the gifts for all the kids at the homeless shelter. Little did you know that the big truck that pulled up on the back of the parking lot behind you belonged to him and he's filling it up and it was a tractor and trailer. And they're, they're throwing boxes and boxes of toys and bicycles and coats and clothes. And they're filling this thing up. Little did you know that it was that one that you just looked at And you categorize that man. You shut him off. You talk to him no more. Come to church, you want him to shake his hand. He invited you over to his house for dinner with him and his wife and family. Now, mind you, you don't know everything that's gone on. You just seen a big truck and it's being filled with stuff. You didn't know any of this other stuff. I just played you into the role. And he asked you to his house and you said, nah, we'll pass. We got, we got plans. We're busy. Got stuff. Busy. So you don't go. He's cool with it. The next week he asked you to say, can you come over to the house? Me and my wife would like to sit down and have dinner with you. We'd like to talk to you about something. (laughs) Oh, boy, here it goes. Here's even better for you. You've been praying for a nonprofit to help children. But you categorize that guy. You know, the one that was smoking the cigarette that you said was going to hell because he was smoking? He might, he might get to heaven quicker than you, but it doesn't mean necessarily mean he's going to hell because he's smoking. But anyway, you, you just categorized him and kicked him out of your life. He asked you again. You don't know the struggle that he and his wife has had because him and his wife both had dreams one night and you were in it. And God told them to donate a million dollars and get you started on your way to helping children. That was the desire in your life. 
and you kicked him out. So now him and his wife begin to question, maybe it was the pizza. (laughs) We ate too much pizza, and we had bad dreams. Just so happened both of us had the same one. So we'll just mark that off. And they meet up with an old friend. And that old friend says, hey, man, me and my wife were talking the other day. We've really been wanting to start a nonprofit to help children. And God just told us to come and ask. I mean, I'm, I'm good with whichever way. We've been friends for a long time. I'm good. However, however this ends, we're still good. We can still eat burgers. But God told us to come and ask you if you wanted to be a part. And he said, it must have been you in the dream and not him. Absolutely. Why don't you come to our house and sit down and write that check? And then provide you all the know-how to run business and all, all the where to to get stuff and all the connections to fulfill. Because you categorized You're still at the same old church, wishing for the same old thing, doing the same old deeds. When you could have recognized that man and went up and said, hey, man, how did you like that service? Man, that's just awesome. Isn't that great, man? That's just awesome. It's off the hook, man. It was just great. Hey, how about you come over to that man? We would love to. didn't play out right I'm helping you I'm helping somebody there's things in life that God has purposed in you to benefit the kingdom but because you categorize and not recognize because you're incapable because you're immature there's the right word I won't keep looking at you because I don't want you to feel that way that's the difference between mature and immature too when they know that you're using samples and examples. It's the difference, man. God's got something in He put it in you. He wants you to fulfill a purpose in the kingdom. Don't let yourself be the one to keep yourself out of it. Don't go about life the wrong way all the time and constantly doing this. I call it deflection. When people want to talk to you about your faults and you start pointing your finger at other people. Well, they said, or that person did, or they did, or they wouldn't, or they said, and that's, all, that, that's what you do all your life. And you've done it for so long that you believe it's fact that you're the only one right and everybody's wrong. I used to use the example, man, you marry five, six, seven, eight, nine people and you keep blaming them? Hello? You eat at 20 different steak restaurants and you're blaming the restaurants? Hello? Hello? We're our own worst enemy sometimes. But we won't take the accountability. We won't become responsible to stand up for what we're supposed to stand up for and do what it is that we're supposed to do.
Man, I hate just drop you off on your head now. See, I didn't even get to finish writing my notes because I went a different direction. I said, man, that don't even line up. I'm just printing it. My very next thing was John 10, 18. No one takes it from me, but I'll lay it down for myself. They don't go nowhere with it. <laughs> or does it? Or does it? What if we look at people based on them and not us? What if we become mature enough that we're willing to die to ourselves? on how we feel about that man smoking that cigarette. And instead of condemning, we go and talk to him. Maybe that, that man that might just go right, die to yourself. Quit trying to be. My God, are we ever going to get it? He has given us over 2,000 years to learn this. And we dumb as a box of bricks. We ain't figured this thing out yet. If we had already figured out, man, the gospel would never change. But see, well, the gospel doesn't change, but we've changed the presentation of the gospel. It's come from it being about Jesus to about it being what Jesus can give you. I went there for a reason this morning. Don't know if it was for me, and I took some of it this morning. But I really want to talk about the cross. Maybe we talk about the cross next week. But I'm, I'm trying to just teach you something here to, to mature you in your faith. I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to look at Jesus and he say, well done, Okay, you don't know the other side of it. Depart from me. <laughs> so I think it would probably be much better if he says, well done. What if this was part of it? Because see, we're going to be held accountable to every work. We read that in Scripture. Dear God in heaven, be merciful on me. Because I know that I have caused some to stumble. Not on purpose. But out of ignorance. Some on purpose. we got to stand before God and tell him why. And you're not even going to be able to give an excuse. Boy, it's, it, that really stinks when you go into like a board meeting or something and you're asked a question, you don't even get the opportunity to respond. 
They just said, why did you do so stupid? And they just moved to another subject. You didn't get a chance to talk. So everybody in the room thinks you're stupid. You were. So the moral of this story is you better recognize you better recognize people have a purpose in their life for the kingdom to benefit the kingdom. Don't be the one that stopped them from doing it. Bad day in China wherever else you want to say. I'm not trying to be political. Don't really care. Bad day in the government. I meant to say that one. So you better recognize. Just look at you, look at the people beside you and just tell them, you better recognize. All right, I'm done. Goodbye, Facebook, YouTube, Bluetooth. Noob tube, whatever else is out there, tube. It wasn't the spitter. It was a teacher. It's meant for you to grow. And I'd rather you fight to stay awake than to jump for joy because I've been spitting all morning and you leave and you have nothing. So hopefully you can take something and apply this to your life to change your outcome. Change somebody else's outcome. That's the way I should say it. Not change your outcome. Change the outcome for somebody else. It's not about you, little Susie.